I think we've got a cold opening right here. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the Magic Winks Clubhouse, a podcast where two best friends get together and recap every episode of the Italian Magical Girl series Winks Club. I'm Brendan, and I'm Fairy of the Surging Sea. And I'm Tess, Fairy of the Rolling Stones. Today, we're watching Season 1, Episode 8, A Friendship Sundered. In Italian, it's called The Day of the Rose, and the 4Kids dub actually uses the same title. Huzzah! The Italian version of the episode aired February 13th, 2004, and the Four Kids dub episode aired August 7th of 2004. So, I noticed we didn't get any listener questions on Twitter. I just checked the email, we got nothing. Alright, so, uh, no questions means we can get directly into the summary. Are you ready? Happy late Thanksgiving! Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. For all everybody. American visitors. Happy Foodmas. Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, happy really late Thanksgiving for any Canadian listeners we have. I mean, that's really all. You, you covered it all. I mean, that's it. Uh, happy Black Friday for all you capitalist pigs out there. I'm sorry to every retail worker who had to do Black Friday. At least you're not part of the problem. Nope, I'm I'm going to be sitting at work in an office, bored out of my skull. And I'll be standing in a retail location, frantically running around for way less than I'm worth. Retail. Alright, so let's go ahead and get into the episode. We begin with a sweeping shot of Althea, but from a different angle. And we zoom in on Bloom and Flora's room, where Bloom is in the middle of a plot-relevant dream experience. She's standing in the void, with a voice calling her name, and it's the same voice that led her out of the flames at Cloud Tower. It beckons her forward, and through the darkness, Bloom finds the source. A radiant, masked, golden woman who's holding her hand out and tells her to come and remember it this almost feels like the Lion King. Remember who you are, Simba. Uh, is this Mufasa? Bloom is also doing the thing where apparently everything she says in the dream, she says in real life. At full volume. At full volume. Because when Bloom uh, wakes up of her own volition from this plot-relevant dream... Flora asks her what she was talking about, because it's all very cryptic. And then Flora quips in with, I know it's a holiday, but you can't stay in bed all day. Is anyone getting flashbacks to episode one? Uh, Flora reveals that there are no classes because it is a school holiday and explains that it is the Day of the Rose. 
And Tecna explains that the Day of the Rose is basically Mother's Day. The Four Kids dub expands it to <laughs> cover both parents, but it's Mother's Day in Cinelume. Oh, yeah. Uh, and when they ask Bloom if she's going home, Bloom says she didn't really have any plans to. So she's just going to hang out. I just found out about this today. Um, and I still don't quite know how to leave on my own. <laughs> so Stella and Musa are also staying behind. And we cut from there to the Great Hall. Where they are, like, the only three people on campus. Uh, can we cut back real quick? Because last episode, when I mentioned that Flora was sounding really flirty with, uh, Tecna. Mm-hmm. In Four Kids, yeah, she just defaults to flirty. You can't stay in bed the entire day, sleepyhead. Whoa. I think it's supposed to be, like... A motherly tone? That's flirty. (laughs) But yeah, it just... Flora is just kinda horny. In the Great Hall, Bloom, Musa, and Stella are basically the only students left on campus. And Stella (laughs) says kinda offhanded that Griselda is the only staff member left. Um, I'm, I'm getting major Harry Potter vibes again. When everyone goes home for Christmas, unless they just don't feel like it. So everyone's just going to start playing wizard chess. But instead of a plot-relevant game of wizard chess, we get some backstory. Because when Bloom asks Stella and Musa why they aren't going home, Stella says that she doesn't really celebrate the Day of the Rose because her parents are getting divorced And things are very messy at this point. Did she not mention this in episode two? She mentioned that she wants to get lovers back together. And she said her parents were like the specific example. But I don't think it was in the specific terms of their getting a divorce. In Four Kids, it goes to Stella being like, it was a really weird sentence in Four Kids where it was like, uh, my mom and dad are getting a divorce, but it's fine. I get two castles and multiple holidays. And I'm like, see, I interpreted that differently. I I, I know it was like one of those, I'm making a joke, but well, I'm still bummed about it kind of things. Well, I thought it was more of a, um, like a sort of a custody thing. Where she splits her time between her two parents. And this is a day where she doesn't know who she's supposed to be with. So she just doesn't choose. Does that make sense? I guess, but if it's Mother's Day, you think she'd be with Mom, but... Well, in the Four Kids dub, it's about both parents, so... Right, 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 right. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. And so Stella turns to Musa and is like, so, why aren't you home? Trying to kind of get off of the very awkward topic of divorce. Only for Musa to reveal that she actually lost her mom when she was pretty young. And bringing the mood down even farther. Which is unintentionally hilarious to older audiences. (laughs) It is never explained what Musa's mother passed away of. 
it was plot contrivance. Glamour cancer? Glamour cancer. It, it goes around. So the girls kind of have a tender moment about, with comforting Musa, and they have a hug. It's very sweet. And then Stella gets a text message. And it is from Skye. Inviting the girls to the actual, like, day's festivities that are going to be happening in Magics. Because, unlike Mother's Day, which is an awkward brunch, this <laughs> is more like a, like a festival holiday. Which is why this, there are no classes. And uh, there's also, like, a... It's not even a plot point. Stella just says that Skye's invited her to some sort of ball later that night. And it I think it gets referenced once later. But after this, we transition to Cloud Tower. And Griffin is reaming out the tricks for breaking into Althea. But this scene has two completely different tones in Cinelum and in Four Kids. Uh, I was very confused by the entirety like both of these scenes so let's do the Cinelum version first okay so griffin is actually very angry with them for what they've done and shows them Farragonda's letter she then rips the letter in half and incinerates it with green fire because i guess she's As just maleficent and she says that this is an expellable offense, but because they have such good potential, she's going to give them another chance. And then she gives them a quest. <laughs> uh, Althea and Red Fountain are becoming too close in Griffin's eyes, and an alliance between them could upset the balance between the three schools. So she sends the tricks to... Do kind of whatever they can to destroy this alliance before it gets solidified. More demon summoning, more human sacrifice, and more murder. Huzzah! And the four kids version of this scene. I'm not mad at you because you broke into the Althea. I'm mad that you got caught and beaten by a bunch of freshmen. This school rivalry thing gets played up a little bit more in the four kids dub from what I've noticed. Yeah. And But here's Mhm. Here's the thing. Farragonda sent that letter which in both versions is called a letter of protest, which I don't know what she means by that. A formal complaint expecting them to be punished in some way shape or form because we punished our girls for breaking into your school. We'd expect you to punish your girls for breaking into our school. And then they just get sidebarred into, like, doing their own devious desires. And I'm like, what? I think it's I under I get it. I get it. I get it. They're evil. Cloud Tower as a whole is painted with this very broad stroke Slytherin brush where for a little while every single Cloud Tower student is evil 
and at, to like some degree, unless they're Murta, and then uh, they change that so that no, it was really only the tricks. Everyone else is just mildly unpleasant. <laughs> like I think that becomes the later plot point is that like fairies fight evil with good magic and witches fight fire with fire by learning bad magic. So I think this is kind of a a side effect of this early show version of painting everyone from Cloud Tower as at least a little bit evil. So Griffin pets her crystal ball and scries the three red fountain boys downtown. And once again, Skye is wearing those horrible pants. Yep, these are just their civilian outfits. Oh, they're bad pants! (laughs) Yeah, the civilian outfits are not great. And one more thing and four kids, because it's right before Thanksgiving and we're just scatterbrained. And I watched these episodes less than an hour ago. Um, in four kids, Griffin says, in order to like cause as much chaos as possible, break some hearts, break some bones, I don't care. Yep. And I'm like, power move. <laughs> On one hand, power move. On the other hand, Griffin, thee will literally murder people. They have murdered people. At the very least, we they've murdered a troll. It. But so we we go from Cloud Tower back to Althea, where Musa is in one of the castle's turrets. And just sort of like looking out over the landscape. And then she pulls a pink plastic lotus out of her pocket. It looks like an incense from Pokemon. Like you'd give that to a Pokemon when it breathes and then it just has a baby. It looks like a weird music box toy. It looks like a Polly Pocket. She sets the lotus on the, like, the, I guess the balcony, like the railing, and hits a button. No, she doesn't hit a button. She waves her hand over it, and uh, it projects a mom hologram. Of Musa's mother. And then she climbs onto the wall balcony and sits down, and I'm like, Musa, stop, that's dangerous. Oh, she can fly. <laughs> this is uh, this scene is low-key, pretty sad. It, it's, it's like when you go to, like, a loved one's grave and you tell them about how your year is going. Like, hey, Grandpa, things are going good. Um, I met this cute boy. The classes are going well. And that's basically exactly what Musa says. <laughs> I met this cute boy named Riven. Musa, stop! It's dangerous! In the Sinaloom, she describes Riven as strange, but she'd like to get to know him better. Oh, honey, no. No, you don't. Oh, in Four Kids, she labels him as rough around the edges. But I just think that's how he flirts. And we're like, Musa, No! That's negging, honey, and it's not a good thing. (laughs) It's not appreciated in this household. But But all in all, all in all, it's a cute, all in all, it's a cute scene. Uh, Musa's mom is wearing a lovely outfit. Is it a lovely outfit or is it an an oddly culturally, like, it is a culturally ambiguous outfit. It is Asian outfit you know what i mean yes and you know what the best part is 
What? When we get flashbacks to Muse's mom in the future, she looks nothing like this. Uh, but yeah, it in future scenes with Muse's mom, she's wearing like a Chinese style like Changsam dress. You know, with the um the closed neckline and the line down the side. Mm-hmm. And she has a bob. Yeah. And this mommogram slash hollow mom has like not quite geisha hair and something that looks like what happens if you put a kimono, a hanfu, and the Korean garment whose name I can't remember in a blender. You know what I mean? Right. Is that the chung song? Uh, hanbok. Okay. Yep, I was right. The chung sum is the Chinese dress. Um, a hanbok in South Korea or a chung song ot in North Korea. Maybe I'm not pronouncing the last one right, but but okay. <laughs> so that maybe that's why I got confused. <laughs> okay, stop talking about North Korea. <laughs> so after uh, Musa puts Hollow Mom back in the plastic lotus. And in the 4Kids dub actually says that she's going to be spending the day with Hollow Mom. Which, again, is, like, very bittersweet. I mean, she said this was a bittersweet holiday for her, so... And now we go to the boys. Oof. And it's just Sky, Branson, and Riven. There's no Timmy today. Timmy's off doing Timmy things. And Riven is being himself. Ugh. He's griping about the crowds and how people are, like, having fun when he's feeling angsty. So why should anybody be allowed to have fun? And then my favorite scene happens because it's so dangerous. The hollow bike race getting set up? (laughs) No. Or maybe is that later? I Again, I took very quick notes. Um... When the ship flies over and just unleashes thousands of roses onto the crowd. Yeah, that happens now, but I don't think it's that dangerous. Did they dethorn all of those roses? Well, then you can do it magically, probably. God! Someone's gonna get hit in the eye. Uh, yeah, probably. Um, yeah, and then... Sky catches one, hands it to Stella, and he's like, hey, gorgeous. And she's like, ah. And they look lovingly into each other's eyes. And then Brandon and Sky- and Brandon and Bloom look into each other's eyes. <laughs> and Brandon and Sky look into each other's eyes, which is a plot <laughs> twist. And then Riven looks into everyone being very angry, like Riven always is. Yeah, I didn't even write down what he said, but he's just kind of being a jerk. Um, Nearby, there <laughs> is a hollow bike race that is being set up, and the boys reveal that they're all gonna be in the hollow bike race. Because what else are you gonna do? We get a like a brief Mario Kart sequence showing this like race. Because, or maybe this is just like the, um, do you watch racing at all? Do you know what the first lap before the actual race starts is called? Like the exhibition. 
So I think they're just doing like an exhibition run right now. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, Brandon says that motorbikes are safe, so you can tell that this is a European dub. Canadian, but close enough. And I'm like, motorbikes are safe, says no one. And immediately afterwards, there's a crash. Well, I think it's to show that, like, it's, again, the two dubs handle it differently because, like, some guy just, like, eats dirt and his bike goes <laughs> flying off and everybody is behind, like, little stanchions like you would be at, like, your local town parade. And the bike looks like it's going to fly over those stanchions into the crowd, but it hits a force field. So the crowd is protected from crashes. And in the four kids dub, they throw in a line about, see, the guy got right up and walked away. S- to uh, uh. say that there's no danger to the drivers. But I like that the Cineloom dub just leaves that ambiguous. So who's safe in this scenario? The crowd, at least. <laughs> the tricks are uh, the tricks in their full witchy regalia teleport onto the streets in a flash of purple lightning, which is not at all conspicuous. No, not at all. And they start spying on this. Uh, Bloom says that she'll be cheering for Brandon. And Stella is going to be cheering for Sky. So Sky asks Riven who's going to be cheering for him. And then Riven gets defensive and says he can have any girl he wants. And then. Oh, I wrote this down. Ooh, I wrote this down. He tries to make a bet with the other guys that if he wins the race... He gets to take Bloom or Stella to the ball tonight. They are right there. They are human beings with opinions. And the boys are like, and uh, Brandon and Sky are like, uh, no, we don't need to do that. Yeah. And Riven goes, hey, Bloom. And then she loses it in both shows in mildly different ways, but I wrote both of them down because they are the best lines ever. It's also framed a little bit differently how... Now, the Four Kids dub at least had enough sense to write around this bet and just say that Riven is conceited enough to think that Bloom has been secretly flirting with him slash has a crush on him. And she gross. basically go. that's her reaction is basically, ooh, gross, which is great. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Okay, can I say the lines? Yes, roast his ass. <clears throat> who do you think you are anyway? Just so you know, I choose who I go out with, and I wouldn't go out with you if you were the last guy on Earth. You're just a ridiculous arrogant, pathetic windbag. So go ahead, win the race, but don't come near me. And the four kids version? The only I I'm giving you is, I don't think so. What is with you? I think I know who I like, and trust me, I don't go for the whole jerk thing. I still can't figure out why Musa has a crush on you. You're totally conceited, totally cocky, totally boring, and a waste of oxygen. I'm sorry, but guys like you give guys a bad name, Riven. No need to say I'm sorry in the middle of your angry tirade, Bloom. That's so Canadian of you. <laughs> that is. Which is weird because that's from the four kids dub. 
But yeah, they're both roasting in different ways, but exactly the same way. And I am here for it. After he gets roasted, Riven has the gall to touch her face and say that she must like him. Don't touch me. Uh, And he says that she's just playing hard to get because he's that kind of guy. And Bloom slaps his hand away. And Brandon looks about ready to hulk out on Riven for touching Bloom without her consent. And then Bloom levitates a nearby flower planter and dumps the water in it all over Riven. In Cinelum, it's framed as an accident. In Four Kids, it's essentially on purpose. I think in Cinelum, it was more like Bloom immediately realizes that she's... She feels she's overreacted because I think she's perfectly within her rights. But the That's show the frames the equivalent it. of splashing your drink on someone. But the show is framing it like she over like not that she overreacted, but that she overacted. Like she was within her rights to do something, but she did too much. Is the way the show is framing it. I think it wouldn't have been too much if she kicked him in the nuts. It wouldn't have been too much if she just dropped that flower planter on his head and killed him. <laughs> oh, we got one less, one less problem. So Bloom goes to like apologize for this because she's a decent person and feels bad about it, where we are bad people and think he deserves it. <laughs> no, we're not bad people. He just deserves it. Well, yeah. And so Riven just kind of throws a little temper tantrum, says he's going to get her back for this, which is terrifying, and runs away. No, he says he's going to make her pay. That's a terrifying threat. That boy needs some therapy. He needs a lot of therapy. He, this is like, he's like, he walks away. Basically saying, I don't need girls. I don't need anybody. I just need myself. No, you need someone. You need a professional. That someone is a licensed. <laughs> that someone is a licensed professional. Talk space. <laughs> Non-spawn. We don't have any advertising money from them, so we're not going to go into it. Um. <laughs> so the tricks are spying on Riven, and Darcy is attracted to his mediocre white man energy. For some reason. Uh, because she doesn't realize she could do so much better. And oh, yeah, I see offers a plan. They're going to get Riven to join them. And presumably he'll just be another dumb muscle type like Nut is. And then Icy summons Nut from his cupboard and polymorphs him into an evil Timmy. <laughs> Icy screams Nut into existence. A stormy goes... Darcy, are you falling in love? And I'm, <laughs> and she literally like looks like I'll scratch her eyes out. I actually really liked the four kids line there, where "Hey, love is a four-letter word." I don't, I don't understand that. Like, think of the big, like the big swears. They all have four letters in them. Bus, bus, bus. All four letter words. Here's, here's the thing. I Please went, keep boss and do boss, 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 boss. All four letter words. See, I went boss, boss, boss. I'm like four, three, five, what? <laughs> no, like the big, big ones. 
Boss, 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 boop, choo, choo, boop, choo, choo, boss, boss. <laughs> Remix. <laughs> but no, Muse is actually not in this episode anymore. Muse is done for the day. Oh, yeah. Also, uh, the earlier scene with Tecna and Flora was an episode wrap on them. They're also not in the rest of this episode. <laughs> yeah. All of my girlfriends are just gone right now. <laughs> it's just Bloom and Stella from here on out. And the tricks, but. So Bloom and Stella. Oh, no, wait. So um, after Icy screams nut into existence, she polymorphs him into evil Timmy. And then calls a team huddle to discuss their plan. In the Cineloom dub, we cut but, and- before we get the particulars. <laughs> Here's the thing. The best thing is, if you're looking behind Icy during at all during this, you're seeing like the crowds walking behind her. How is no one noticing this? Maybe it's like one of those things where there is so much going on. They're like everybody is just really overstimulated and can't focus on one thing. Okay. That's that's all I can suggest. Uh, the the real answer is probably just uh, don't think about it. <laughs> this is a show for fi- for like seven year old girls. Don't think too much about it. This is a show currently for seven year olds. Uh, in Cinelum, we cut away before they discussed the particulars of their evil plan. In the four kids dub, they spell it out like they always do. Yeah, that was weird. But we go from the tricks to Bloom and Stella, who are just kind of looking at a lot of stuff. Like, there's a ring juggler and a fire eater. And then Bloom slips away like a four-year-old at the county fair. Hold on, hold on. The fire eater isn't, like, one of our normal, like, fire eaters where it's like, (laughs) oh, the fire's on a stick and he dips it in his mouth and now it's out. No, he has a bowl of fire that he's eating with a spoon. It's great. (laughs) Just spearing a charcoal briquette with a fork. (laughs) He's literally just eating it. Not just putting it out with his mouth. Uh, Bloom ends up in a... I'm going... How do I describe this other than Middle Eastern Orientalism? Um... I wrote this section down as Bloom's bisexuality gets the better of her. Bloom finds a belly dancer. And this belly dancer <laughs> who looks, is like... Who looks suspiciously like Aisha. I think that's just a not very diverse character model pool. <laughs> like, the, like, the only thing that separates the winks from each other are eye shape and hair and skin tone. They all have the same base body. Yeah. And then Aisha gets Astral like... Astral body, yaddy, yaddy. Aisha gets like also a different set of lips. Like her mouth is drawn differently. And yeah, unique is. a unique hair model. But otherwise, uh, not important. The important part is this dancer shakes her ass right in the camera. And it's a lot. And Bloom is mystified by it. I think the four kids dub straight up added sparkle effects to that too, so she's just farting pixie dust at people. 
Uh, also worth noting is that the four kids dub added like weird. She's like half singing, but mostly just vocalizing. <laughs> wow! Come to me, woo! Destiny, woo! Bloom, woo! Yeah. Um. This dancer is also wearing a like a a mask. Like a masquerade mask and long arm ribbons, like the, uh, like the woman in Bloom's dream, and Bloom keeps seeing the mysterious dream lady transposed over this belly dancer. Bloom, it's ge- weird. It's like it's a nice, like it's a nice uh, sequence. It, it looks really nice, especially that's like floating instruments around playing in it, playing the um the music around her, but it's. Play, playing belly dance riff dot mp4 yeah on a violin a flute pair of bongos a bo- some bongos and it's one step away from it really is <laughs> uh but bloom is knocked out of her reverie by timmy finding her and Bloom was pretty surprised to see him, since he wasn't with the other boys. So, uh, Timmy in the Four Kids dub says that he's looking for her because the others are trying to find her. In the Sidaloom dub, Bloom volunteers the information that she got separated from everyone else. And in Sidaloom, she mentions that she's not really sure how much time has passed. In Four Kids, she's sure it's only like a few minutes. Evil Timmy says that the best way to because this is this is not in as Timmy we know it's not earlier yeah Uh, he takes her to the square uh, where the hoverbike race is being set up because to be honest that is where the most people are going to be right and as they're walking to the square Evil Timmy says he heard that she dragged Riven across the pavement well okay he says. Steven. Yeah. Because Nut doesn't know who anybody is. Yep. So I heard you had a fight with Steven. And Bloom rightfully goes, who? <laughs> Who's Steven? <gasps> Riven! Sorry. Uh, 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 here! He gives her a special motorcycle helmet for the hoverbikes. And says that it lets the user drive the bike telepathically. Which sounds very dangerous. It's also not suspicious at all. No, not at all. Uh, And when Bloom says that Timmy should be the one to give it to Riven, since Timmy's the one who... In the 4Kids dub, it's because you're the one who bought it. But in the in the Cineloom dub, she leaps to, you're the one who invented this. And... Uh... Not Timmy, just goes, uh, think of it as a peace offering. You need to give it to him more than I do. Uh, uh, bye. He runs off into the crowd and- I'm gonna do science things at the place. Icy has been watching this whole exchange and is visibly regretting her life choices that have led her to this point. She actually face palms and goes, ugh, at one point while he's, while Nut is stammering. I have a question. Mm Mm-hmm. Why did she send Nut? 
we've seen earlier that Darcy can very easily just be, like, transformed into someone else. Why couldn't she have just changed Stormy? Uh, Stormy is too angry to do this plan successfully. Icy... Darcy has something... (laughs) Darcy has something else to do, and Icy can't be asked. Exactly. Uh, (laughs) Okay. Darcy would do it too competently, and we need the quote-unquote comedy of Nut. Yeah... So the tricks turn Nut back into himself after uh, he's run off and reconvened. And that can't be very comfortable, by the way. Being polymorphed into something smaller than yourself? It, it'd feel like wearing a shirt that's too tight. Probably. They, they. I mean, I have my own dumb theory about how polymorphing like that works. But. It doesn't work because we're humans and we're not in magic world where this stuff happens. The the tricks normally <laughs> the tricks teleport themselves and Nut onto a nearby rooftop to watch the chaos, and then Icy reveals the evil plan for the viewers' sake. The helmet that they gave Bloom is going to cause Riven to get into an accident that he'll blame Bloom for. Which is actually a very smart plan. If Bloom wasn't such an idiot, this wouldn't have worked, but... I, I I would be a little bit more charitable and say she's naive and thinks it actually was Timmy. Because she still hasn't grasped the fact that polymorph is a viable magic effect. Even though she goes to a class where she changes her head into a pumpkin on the regular. Um, so... Bloom runs back and meets up with everyone else. They're like, where the hell were you? She's like, that's not important. Where's Riven? We actually, I actually did want to finish up that scene with the tricks. Oh, I, I forgot that there was more. So, um, after Icy reiterates the plan, Darcy is actually kind of hesitant about the whole thing. Stormy accuses her of having feelings. And Darcy says she doesn't like Riven and just thinks he's neat. <laughs> uh, the actual word she uses is, I think he's nice. And by her standards, that's probably accurate. Like, by what we've seen of the tricks, that is nice. <laughs> and um, I actually have a line from Icy that I liked in the Cineloom where she says, Darcy, dear, you're getting all schmaltzy on us. It was a nice word. So down on the racetrack, as the announcer sets up on the race, as the announcer sets up the race, Riven, Sky, Brandon, and Stella is on the track for some reason. She's wishing them good luck, specifically Sky, but whatever. Bloom decides to not decides. Bloom runs up to them. It's like, hey guys, I'm here. And they're like, where were you? And she's like, not important. Riven. She gives Riven the helmet. Well, she offers it first. And she actually starts apologizing. Again, because Bloom is a good person. And Riven Mm -hmm. just goes, gimme, like a toddler, and snatches the helmet out of her hands. And I put down here that he's getting what 
like he's getting whatever's coming to him. Yeah. And uh, we actually have a brief cut back to the tricks where Darcy looks like she regrets what's about to happen. Which I think is really nice. It's a nice bit of character depth for her. For now. It's probably going to get tossed out the window later, but... Uh, Back on the ground, Bloom and Stella go back to the stands. And Stella asks where she got the helmet. That wasn't sarcastic. I actually think I talk a little bit too much sometimes on this podcast. <laughs> well, I also took I also took not the best notes right now, so I'm just like I want to talk on things that I remember. Uh, yeah. Um and Bloom says that, "Oh, I ran into Timmy and he gave it to me to give to Riven." And Stella's like, "Timmy's not here. He's at home." Bloom wonders who she was talking to, and then remembers they know somebody who can shapeshift, and looks up at the building behind them, and actually sees the tricks, and then the camera gets a dramatic triple zoom on Icy. With the best up-the-nose camera shot. (laughs) I sent it to you earlier. I'm making that up-the-nose shot my wallpaper. I, I showed this to another server, like, fun screenshots I got watching this episode of Wigs Club, and somebody titled it as, I showed you my magic, please respond. <laughs> the announcer keys the racers up, and the stoplight starts ticking down, and Bloom flips out because she realizes something really bad is about to happen. Uh, probably more murder. And, uh, Stella runs after her and asks what's going on. And Bloom says that Riven is probably about to die. (laughs) Um, she mentions that she doesn't know how, but she thinks the witches are behind it. And I write down, what do you mean you don't know how? The witches can make illusions. Illusions, Bloom. Also, they are, the the tricks are more or less transformed for them. They're not in their civilian outfits. They're in their coordinated, initialed jumpsuits and misfit eyeshadow. So that's Perfect. even more suspicious. Also, another great thing about the tricks having those outfits. No other witch in the show ever dresses like that. They're just dramatic. The tricks just do this. Uh, At some point, Bloom transforms? uh, It's right here after she ducks into a side alley for some reason. Probably just to get out of the crowd while she transforms. Since this is... As we know, she has very hot magic. And also, I can't imagine doing a transformation sequence in a crowd of people is very, like, possible. Um, so as we go to the race as it's happening, and as a bunch of the racers pass a convenient alley that hasn't been barricaded. A mysterious contender enters the race. Except it's completely obviously Darcy because her hair is hanging out. And the uh, motorcycle suit has boobs. 
I don't think you would be able to see that from the crowd, but you would be able to see the seven feet of brown hair. <laughs> also, now that we're focusing on it, do you see how awful the CG for the hover bikes are? Oh yes, I, I took several screenshots. It's bad, especially when Brandon opens his uh, face mask and you just see like cartoon face on really bad CG body. It's it's wonderful. It's also worth noting that the boys are in color-coded helmets. At at the very least, Sky and Brandon are. Sky's is green and Brandon's is blue. Mm-hmm. To go with, like, you know, the, the established signature colors we have for them. Uh, Riven's is just, like, the funky techno black one that Bloom just gave him. And... Which looked as... Which looked very similar to the one that he had earlier. Just more techno because he's a bad boy and uh darcy has a helmet in her signature purple don't you think that the judge the judges or whoever's running this race would notice the rider actively messing with everybody else yeah darcy is throwing out hypno magic with a ton of witnesses, because we actually do see, like, crowd on the sidelines as she takes out, like, the two bikers behind her and then the two bikers in front of her so that she pulls into fourth place. But no, everyone's bothered about the fact that, oh, looks like we have another contender in the race. It's not Darcy. It's Bloom flying over everybody. I'm impressed she can fly this fast. Yeah, this is like, what, the third time she's transformed? Yeah, and she's probably going a good, I'm going to say, like, 70, 80 miles an hour. At the least. Brendan, please. This is Italy. Kilometers. (laughs) Yeah, uh, I actually noted down the announcer comments on Bloom joining the race, but not that somebody just cheated. Who is also someone who has just entered the race because no one has long hair in that frickin' course. Uh, Darcy disables Brandon's bike. And Riven takes the lead. See, here's the thing. I don't know if it was Brandon or Sky who got disabled because it was the blue helmet. But because of Brandon showing up later... And saying that he won the race by technicality? I don't know if that was a coloring error or not. I don't know. I wasn't really paying attention because I was enthralled in the race. So, Bloom is flying behind Riven, very much catching up to him. And he's like, stop it. I don't know what you're trying to do, but you're not going to ruin me winning this race. And she's trying to explain, hey, the helmet that I gave you, there's something wrong with it. He pulls ahead, it cuts to Icy, and she just glares and he starts freaking out. Yeah, Riven's helmet starts sparking. So she has, like, cut the display or messed with it in some way. He spins out, Bloom gets smacked past the camera, and Riven gets knocked out of his bike and goes flying 
so high he's in the air for a few seconds well, I'm also thinking that because in both dubs, the helmet is supposed to make you one with the bike, it would have like some like sensors on your head. So he may have gotten a shock as well. Bloom tries to catch Riven as he's falling, but um, Darcy... And we say, let him. Uh, Darcy actually knocks Bloom out of the way and catches Riven on her bike. Now, here's the thing. Ow. Bloom was going to catch him, like, basically bridal style. And Darcy, the way she swerved, he hits the bike gut down, like, stomach first. Ow! So That's a cracked rib. Basically, he was going to get Gwen stacy or Owen Harded, no matter what happened. Oh! Ooh, I get that reference! Uh, for the illumination of the audience, Gwen Stacy, of course, uh, Spider-Man forgot that um, inertia is a property of matter, and when he caught Gwen Stacy while she was in freefall, she broke her neck. Owen Hart was a wrestler who ended up passing away after a zipline malfunction that caused him to fall directly onto... Uh, one of the, what are they called? The corners of the arena and crushed his rib cage. Why was this episode so dark for us? I don't know. <laughs> but I do want to keep this part at least. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, Riven was going to die. Uh, good. Um. So <laughs> everybody runs up. Uh, panicking because, you know, Riven is about to die. And Darcy pulls Riven off of her bike, puts him on the ground, takes his helmet off. Uh, why don't you jostle him around a little bit just to make sure? Uh, you know, do all the things He's you're fine. not- fine! <laughs> do all the things you're not supposed to do for a person with possible head or spine injuries. It's fine. And then she starts using her hypno hands to revive him. And- I think that because Darcy's magic has been, like, all psychic power so far, she might be doing magic brain surgery. In Sinaloom, she just, like, waves her hand over his head and claims it's healing magic a little later. Because because no one's recognizing that it's Darcy? Like, only Bloom is recognizing that it's Darcy, and Darcy is one of the tricks, and the tricks are the bad guys. I think... I think she might not have been lying there. I think she actually did heal him with her psychic magic. In Four Kids, she cast an incantation. I only wrote down one side, because that's the one side that is gross. Heart as soft as a velvet glove. Ugh. Open your eyes and fall in love. Here's where we start the big divergence of the Riven's betrayal plotline. Here's where we start the four kids classic between death and the shadow realm. So uh, Riven opens his eyes and Darcy 
like as he does darcy takes off her helmet and she gets like a glamour shot where she tosses her hair around and is beautiful and radiant i got some doki dokis in my heart and uh she doesn't have her dramatic makeup on so i guess she de- she detransformed for all intents and purposes or she sweated it off i could see her forgetting to seal her makeup this one time Riven is actually grateful that Darcy has saved his life. Weirdly. And, (laughs) uh... Icy and Stormy look absolutely disgusted from their perch, and then they leave. So I think they actually were just going to kill Riven. Ah, yeah. I think Darcy may have legitimately saved Riven's life. And I can see why. Because, rather, I can see why they wanted to kill Riven, because then it would have been... Bloom, who gave him the helmet that malfunctioned, that killed him. So Bloom would have been a wanted murderer. At the very least, she might get manslaughter. Because that is like... If they could prove there was some sort of manufacturer defect on that, I actually don't think Bloom could be held liable at all. Because how is she supposed to know? But we don't know how magic's law works. Uh... (laughs) Magic slaw. A delicious treat. (laughs) Plenty of mayonnaise. (laughs) And carrots. Raisins. I don't know what's in coleslaw. The raisins was a joke. I don't put raisins in coleslaw. Who does that? (laughs) Heathens. Heathens who should be punished. While Darcy and Riven are having like a genuine flirt moment, Bloom flies down and just kind of launches herself at Darcy about to physically attack her. Because Bloom read the script. (laughs) Bloom read the script. Bloom knows that Darcy's capable of murder. And uh, Brandon basically has to restrain Bloom because she he he pulls Bloom into a full Nelson. Like, Like, stop. He gets her arms behind her back. Because, like, the way Bloom's hands were positioned, it was like she was about to claw Darcy's eyes out. Uh, Bloom reveals that Darcy and the Tricks are responsible for this entire thing because, you know, they're the bad guys. But Riven, who does not know that the Tricks are bad guys, even though he did just see them break into Althea, uh, blames Bloom and accuses her of sabotaging him so that Brandon could win the race. Brandon points out that he only won by default because Riven wiped out and wrecked his bike. And every other racer got Darcy'd. I think this might have been an instance of when Australia won its first gold medal in the Winter Olympics, where everyone else fell and Brandon was the only person still standing. (laughs) Basically. Uh, Riven throws the headset at Bloom and actually hits her with it. And... The headset is also CG in this moment, so instead of, like, like, it's, it just looks like it shrinks towards her. And then falls to the ground. (laughs) Yeah. With a satisfying clatter. Bloom explains the evil Timmy duplicate, and Riven, uh, thinks that's ridiculous. Because Timmy's not here. Even though Bloom said, an evil Timmy duplicate. She specifically said it was, she said it was not specifically not actually Timmy, just somebody who looked like him. And uh, when Brandon very reasonably says something is obviously going on, but we don't know exactly what, 
Riven flips out and can't believe that Brampton and Sky would side with Bloom over him, despite the fact that he personally saw da- Darcy with Icy and Stormy break into Althea and knows they summoned an actual literal demon. But none of this matters because Riven storms off, Darcy at his side, and Bloom starts actually crying because I think she is so worked up from, oh my god, I almost accidentally caused a, a man's death. I almost caused a man's death, and that man is still mad at- like, he's- he's still- uh, he, It's very easy to get worked up when someone's mad at you. So, Brandon agrees that the witches were probably responsible, but they don't have any solid proof. Which is sad but true. And Stella just kind of says, well, we lost. And as the the camera then pans to the setting sun, and the episode ends- This was another good episode. Like, I'm feeling spoiled. I feel like you're going to jinx us and we're going to watch the next episode and it's going to just be a pile of hot dookie. (laughs) It's just going to be like 20 minutes of Nut eating a sandwich. (laughs) Nut, the new experiment 625. (laughs) It's time to talk about our best moment, our worst moment, and our MVP. Tess, what is the best moment? Uh, the best moment is when Riven got what was coming to him. When he got ripped to shreds. There's no way I can't best that. Both of those lines are works of art. It's just nice to actually see somebody stand up to Riven because, you know, we he's a jerk when he's on screen with us. I can't imagine what he's like off screen. Do you know what I mean? Ugh. God. Like, we only have to deal with him for bursts, but Sky, Timmy, and Brandon have to deal with him all the time. This is an entire situation of remind me why we're friends again. I agree, by the way, with this being the best. Um, The worst is Riven. Ooh. Yeah, just Riven. Like, I know we've been trying to not say the worst is Riven whenever he's in an episode, but no, he is the worst. This episode alone, he acts like a douchebag. He treats Bloom and Stella like property. He is so self-absorbed that he can't stand the sight of other people being happy when he is miserable. And throws an actual literal temper tantrum when the others won't take his side. And then just assaults Bloom by throwing something at her. Like, he is a dick. Now, he will get some character development. But I I really hope we get to see a Riven who is at least tolerable someday. (sighs) Like, we don't want to hate anybody in this show. That's not why we're here. But. Who's your MVP for the episode? Bloom. And why why did you pick Bloom? Aside from her awesome delivery, she noticed early enough that she was able to try and stop it that something was wrong with the headset and she was trying to help Riven despite the fact that he is a giant tool. My MVP for this episode is actually Darcy. Understandable. Um, Darcy is once again responsible for the tricks having a successful plan, but also because we're getting some characterization... That shows she might have some friction with her sisters coming up. Oh my god, Darcy is one of my favorite characters. 
It's interesting that Darcy is the member of the Trix who is... I won't say the good one, but she is the one who will at least have questions about some, some of the things they do. Of humanity? Yeah, she will she will question Icy if she feels that things are going sideways in a way that she doesn't agree with. To be fair, could you imagine Stormy doing that? No, because Stormy can't do anything below an 11. Stormy wants to watch the world burn. With a lightning storm she created. I dare say that Stormy is the oncoming storm. (laughs) I want to put Stormy's head on top of that meme now. Honey, you got a big storm coming. Pose. Alright, so I think that uh, wraps us up for the episode. Yeah. Alright, so if you want to find us on social media... The best place to do it is Twitter. You can find me, Brendan, on Twitter at Sonata Waves, S-O-N-A-T-A-W-A-V-E-S. You can find me, Tess, on Twitter at Pocky Slice, Pocky like the delicious Japanese snack, slice as in a slice of pie. The show is on Twitter at Magic Winks Pod. Feel free to tweet at us, send us direct messages, tag us in things. Uh, you can also send us long-form questions. You can email us at magicwinksclubhouse at gmail.com. That is the name of this podcast at gmail.com. No spaces. You can listen to the podcast on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Google Play. If you listen on a platform that supports it, please leave us a rating and a review. You can also uh, spread the word. Let your friends know about our podcast if you think they'd be interested. And if you have relatives that you're going to see over the Thanksgiving holiday who are in the appropriate age range, maybe watch an episode of Winx Club with them and see if they'd like it. Or Christmas, because it's after Thanksgiving now. (laughs) Or Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, Winter Solstice, Yule, whatever your... Whatever Festivus, your, we don't care. Whatever your Candle Nights winter fun holiday is. We support all of them. Join us next time. We'll be watching Season 1 and Episode 9, Betrayed. Until then, I'm Brendan. I'm Tess. Meeting adjourned. Open your eyes, open your mind. We are the Clunk. Dun, dun, oh god, why did dun, that dun, get really dark? Dun, 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 dun. I don't know. It was bad. <laughs> we got really dark. I talked about North Korea a lot. <laughs> and there was a thing about Owen Hart. <laughs> I learned about that today.